Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Give us a text 0457 736 736. Ask us your finals footy questions, thoughts on the matches this weekend, who can win it, who's, you know, maybe just making up the numbers. We want to hear all of your opinions, 0457 736 736. Give us a follow at Captain's Run NRL on Twitter and follow at SEN League on Instagram and TikTok. We're also giving away four general admission tickets to this year's Bathurst 1000 with exclusive access to the ultimate viewing area at the Barbecue Galore Steakhouse for Friday and Saturday, October 6th and 7th. The first person to answer this question on the next text line will get the tickets. Which driver has won the most Bathurst 1000 races? The first person to text the answer to that question on 0457 736 736 will get the tickets. That is right. Which driver has won the most Bathurst 1000 races? I've got the uh, the great Smitty there. How you going, brother? I'm good, mate. Can I give that answer now? Uh, or should we wait? Hey, listen. If there's one <laughs> bloke that doesn't need free tickets, it's Smithers <laughs> up on the Gold Coast. Jeez Louise. Mate, I'll tell you what. I, I, I've never been to the great race. No way. Never been. And I am a massive, massive rev head. I, I love the supercars. You're holding off forward. Holding off forward. Oh, mate, I'm holding. Okay. Okay. I'm holding all the way. Oh wow! All, all right. the way, mate. I've still got I've still got me me original car, which is a '71 Kingswood. Oh, okay. Look, holding there. Yeah. So I'm going to be impressed with you, but I don't know what that is. But mate, um, <laughs> it's unfortunate because there's no more. There's no hold. There's, there's no holdings in the in the supercars anymore, mate. I'll be honest. They're, they're Camaros. As a non-car guy, it even hurt my feelings with the, the no holding. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much it means to Australia. I know. I know. <laughs> it really did, mate. How's the week been? Um. Yeah, it's I'm I'm okay now. Look, my boys went down. Let's get it out of the way, Kempy. Um, what happened? They went, they went down big time. Which boys? Uh, Melbourne Storm. Oh, Melbourne Storm. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they 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 went down big time, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But um, no, I'm okay now. I was a little bit down across the weekend, particularly with with Paps. Mm, yeah, little absolutely. Pappy um, getting injured. That just. That was a that was an awful moment, and you could feel everyone in the crowd as well. Um, pro Broncos, of course, mm. but it was just a, a a terrible feeling around the entire stadium. Um, it's uncool last weekend, but uh, no, I'm feeling good now. I, I'm back. You're I'm back? back. It took me a couple of days. I, I, I struggled, you know, in the mornings to get up out of bed, and you know, I was just I was very very unenergetic. Yeah. But I'm good. I've got I've got the bounce back today because the captain's run is is on and the storm are playing again this weekend. So I'm I'm up and about. Yeah, and funnily enough, even when you're playing footy, it's usually the yeah. Monday, Tuesday you're all down. And by the time you get to Wednesday, you're like, you know what? Got another opportunity to right a wrong yes. from last week, and you get back yep. up for it, uh, yep. mate. Uh, funnily enough, and it must be just a coincidence. I've been doing backflips out of bed since last weekend. Backflips, and I've never done Why? a backflip because uh, the mighty Bronx put on one of the famous victories. It's so funny because going into this game, there was so much talk about being scarred, and I spoke about it on my podcast. They didn't yeah. understand. It's it's myself and my generation that are scarred, not this generation. We're the ones that are going, yes. oh, my God, how yes. do you beat the storm? Whereas this young generation, they haven't experienced it. Yes. I'm, mate, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and they come out and spoke about that, didn't they, in yeah. the lead up to it? They just said, nah, well, what, what do you mean? What hoodoo? It doesn't phase us. Mm. Like yep. Reese Walsh was talking about it and a couple of the other boys and – yeah, even Adam Reynolds, right? So he's been around during that period where, you know, Storm have dominated Broncos, but he wasn't a part of it really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he just – and he – both of those players we just mentioned come out and that played the absolute house down. Mm. Um, 
But well done. Congratulations, Kempi. Congratulations. Thank Big you. win first up. Huge step towards a possible, possible, I'll, I'll say, um, position in the grand final. Oh, fingers crossed. Now, you can say the winner now, uh, Smithy. We've got some texts, thousand texts in. Have you got them in front of you by any well, chance? Well, so have we Have we had someone text in already? Yeah, they're, the they're streaming in. Are they, are they not right. turning up for you? Right. Most wins. Most wins at Bathurst, okay? The great Peter Brock. King of the mountain. He won nine. So that is our winner. Who do we? Who is our? Are we announcing a winner? Yeah, are we so calling the, the winner? So can we? Can be the first text that came in. No name on it, but it ended in zero uh, six one. So I've got your details saved here, and you'll get a text later on in the day don't, with all the details. Yeah, don't give don't don't give the entire number out. No, because it just ends with zero six one. Punished <laughs> <laughs> by all the other people that text in. <laughs> oh mate, I actually they want the tickets, mate. I accidentally gave my phone number out. Uh, what? One, yeah, one captain's run, and I was getting smashed with footy questions on my personal number. I was like, oh god. Oh no. Um. Anyway, since you changed the number. Uh, no, no, no. no. Hey, all lovely people listen to the captain's run. I said, look, yeah, this is my personal people. numbers. Um, yeah. mate, we've got some big news. Uh, over overnight, and I yes. will say, we make an effort to stay away from topics like this because it has nothing to do with rugby league. It's it's not the end of the world. It's he said, she said. It's it's nonsense, mm. to be honest. It's utter nonsense. But I think that, you know, it comes a time where you've probably just got to say something. The, the trail over, overnight, it's come out. I think it's on 2GB radio. Um, mm. They took a caller basically saying that Latrell said that he wouldn't be taking photos with the kid, um, that a kid went over whilst Latrell was down at the footy on the weekend and, you know, asked... <clears throat> Asked Latrell for a photo and some signature, and Latrell, you know, reportedly said, "No, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take any photos." And you know, basically, the caller said he said, "Go away." Latrell has since come out and said, "I never said go away. I said mm-hmm. I just want to watch this game or I just want to do this or that. But if you yep. come up after, I'll take care of it." Yep. And um, I just thought, look, I feel like it's just getting out of hand, Smithy. Like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? Talking about Latrell Mitchell while we got these incredible finals games going on about something from a random yep. caller? Well, it's just slow news day, obviously. Um, and you know, I, you and I both know Latrell Mitchell. Um, and he, he's, n- I've never ever seen him around, you know, a, a group of fans and particularly kids and, and not be, you know, giving of his time. And if he, if he's asked, you know, the, the, the child to, um, to come back later, I don't see any issue with that. Like, and I, I don't think he's going to say, look, go away, just flat stick, go away. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to give you a photo or not going to have a photo with you, not going to give you a signature. Um, you know, and as he, he's come out and, and said, like, like I, did, I didn't say that. I said, look, mate, I want to watch this game. I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll come and see you afterwards, which is, I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. Like, if, if, you're, there, if you're there to watch a game and you, and you want to see, you know, a particular team play, or he might be there seeing a, a, a friend or a particular family member play a game of football, and that's that's fair enough. Like mm. that's that's his time, and and like w- w- I think we acknowledge as well, Kempi, that like as part of being an NRL player, there's there's obviously fans and particularly young fans, kids, they look up to guys like Latrell Mitchell, and they and they they want to go over and get photos and all that sort of stuff. But you know, I don't think there's an issue if Latrell has said, "Mate, I'm watching this footy game. As soon as it finishes, I'll get a photo." I don't think there's any issue with that. Oh, absolutely, really. Not. Mate, and the thing that, you know, some may not realize with a guy like Latrell is that if he says yes to those kids to get a photo, guess what happens? He gets swarmed 
by everyone else sitting around thinking, oh, okay, now this is the time to go and ask for the photo. Whereas, Yeah, it's open slather. Yeah. Whereas Latrell, having been a superstar for so many years, he understands that I need to set aside time where I'm free, where I'm not getting interrupted. He's actually doing the kid more of a favor because I bet you any money if the kid did come back at the end of that you know, time that he said, he would actually be fully engaged with the kids. I mean, are we forgetting it was like, what, a month ago that he was you know, out the country footy, you know, in the, in the crowd with the fans – you know, celebrating uh, when they played the Tigers, I'm pretty sure. Are we, well, there's literally footage of him going out of his way. Uh, anyway, I, I just think that, uh, put it this way, would we be even taking that caller on and making this a story if his name wasn't Latrell Mitchell? No. Like, come on. No, no, no. And, and it's an unfortunate thing, right? Like it's, it's tall poppy syndrome. He's a flavour of the, of the month of late, um, given, you know, the, the things happening at, at the Rabbitohs and – He's been in the headlines a lot of the time, so he's it's clickbait, mate. Absolutely, clickbait. Clickbait. I don't like it. I don't like it. And, um, yeah. and you know, like all I can, all we can comment on is our interactions with with Latrell and the times we've seen him with fans. Um, you know, and he's and he's always very giving of his time. I'll reiterate what I said. If he wanted to go there and watch a game of football, and he's asked the you know the the the, the the child to come back after the game was finished, then, you know, I don't see any issue with that. He's there for a reason to watch a game of football and watch someone in particular. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking someone just to come back a little bit later. Mm. And look, you can criticize, you know, Latrell's on-field stuff and, you know, basically the way he plays, the season he's had. You can talk about all that. One thing that in my experience with Latrell you can say, is he a top five fullback? You can have that argument all day. What I will say is he's as good as any NRL player I've ever seen when it comes to fans and mm. especially kids uh, when he's on these fan days, when he's, you know, at the Rabbitohs. Ask the Rabbitohs fans, you know, at training and that. They would tell you a totally different story. So I just thought it's worth, you know, kind of, like, guess, speaking about it and letting people yeah. know, like, this is – Latrell is definitely not the guy. There's plenty of blokes that you would put forward before Latrell when it comes to dealing with – fans and engaging, you know, the younger audience yep. than Latrell. Kemper, you see it after games, mate. Like, he, he goes out and plays a game of football and then he's one of the last to leave. Like, when he walks around the stadium and, you know, high-fives people, get, gets photos and see autographs and all that sort of stuff. So, I, I just think this is a, um, yeah, just a bit of clickbait, I reckon. Now... Let's talk about finals or week one, which what we wish we could have sp- started speaking oh. about it, but we're here now. We're here now. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, finals week one, Smithy. What was your biggest takeaway from week one of the finals? Oh, the top two. Yeah, top two. Broncos and Penrith. Just, I think there's a gap between those two sides and the rest right now. Um, that and the, the, the classic between the Raiders and the Knights. Mm-hmm. Sunday Arvo, what a game that was. Wow. Um, just, the, the, well, the scenes at the ground, um, the fight that the Raiders put up. Now, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I, I thought they were going to get hammered. Yeah, me too. I thought they were going to get hammered. But, geez, they, they took it to the to the Knights. And they had a couple of big names out as well, Canberra. They did yep. it without them. Um, and I actually think a, a couple of their younger guys, they stood up and played exceptionally well. They were some of the mm. best players on the field. Yeah. But the Knights, they found a way. It was after that little, well, can we say biting now that Jack got suspended? <laughs> <laughs> that biting incident, that's when Newcastle, that's, that's well, they, they grew a leg, didn't they? Yeah. 
And they end up scoring, what, four tries after that. And they come home like a freight train. Classic finish, extra time. It's what finals are about. So that was for me, mate. So the top two, the performances by both Penrith and the Broncos and that classic on Sunday afternoon in Newcastle. Mate, it might sound boring, and I know fans are so sick of hearing it, but what I took from it is defence. You know, it just shows you that... The big ones? They're they're huge ones. I mean, Mm. the Roosters had no right to even get close to winning that game, but because they've had good defence at least for the last 6 to 12 weeks, let's say 6 weeks, their defence won them that game, and it's like there's no two ways about it. Like, there's genuinely no two ways about it. Their attack was, you know, bang average, to be honest. It was like bottom eight attack. But their defence is so strong and they're so experienced. Then you look at the Broncos, you know, the first 20 minutes or maybe the first 30 minutes, uh, or maybe there was a 20-minute period where the Storm really had them on the ropes. Few opportunities came up. The defence of the Broncos held strong, which eventually got them those points in the end. You look at um, You look at Panthers – their ability just to control the game, like 63% of possession in the first like 30 to 40 minutes. Yep. Yep. It's, um, that's, and that's, you know, it goes to show where they're at at the moment. Like those, those best two teams, they, mm. um, they, they just control every facet of the game. Mm. They can, and, and by doing that, they control the opposition. So like that Penrith game, that Penrith Warriors game, oh. like Warriors were, they, they actually didn't play poorly. Yeah. They didn't play poorly at all, but they were just given no opportunity to play football in attacking positions on the field. Every time they were given the football, they were handed the football by Penrith inside their own 10. Mm-hmm. So they, they were working their way off their trial line pretty much the whole time. Um, and hence the, the score line and the victory. Like They did it quite comfortably in the end, Penrith. Which is why I look at I look at this competition, Kempi, and just go, after that match, I'm like, wow. I was impressed by the Broncos with the way they played. It was two very different styles of footy. Yeah. That the Broncos, the way the Broncos played and the way Penrith played, right? So Broncos come out and they, they blew the storm off the field early. They were physical. They were upbeat. They had plenty of intent with their carries and their tackling. Um, and they just, they out-muscled Melbourne. And in some ways, they, they, they bullied and intimidated them, mm. which is why I think they were so off their game, Melbourne. You see them got caught. You know, did you see Harry Grant and like Cam Munster? They got caught up in a bit of push and shove and a few little, you know, melees here and there. Yeah. Um, it was because, you know, they their, their feathers got ruffled by the Broncos. Mm. So it was a pretty good tactic that they brought into that game. Whereas when you look at Penrith, they um, they what they do is they just – they have this game plan and they just slowly go to work mm. and they slowly just strangle you and smother you and just grind you into the ground. And all of a sudden, when you look up at the scoreboard, you're like, oh, geez, 18 nil, 24 nil. Like, like, how are we going to peg this back? We yeah. can't. And, uh, like the thing with Penrith games as well is they almost play chicken with you of daring you like, let's see who breaks first. We know that yeah. eventually... Yeah. We believe that you don't have the mental toughness to go 80 minutes with us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's honestly incredible to watch because, you know, interestingly, they're not necessarily a boring side to watch either, though. Like, they still produce some really great highlight reel stuff, but they're just so clinical. And there's almost – there's emotion in it, for sure, but they're just they're, – they're hard to – they don't engage in a lot of the, the back and forth. They might – you know, when they score a try, they might point in that, but – yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of a time over the weekend, especially where they were pushing and shoving, or you know, 
all ins, people running in from this, you know, from the wing or whatever. I didn't, mm. I can't really recall that happening often with the the Panthers and the Warriors did try to get aggressive in that first twenty. Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. I I, I can't recall a time where there was any type of you know argy bargy push and shove that type of stuff. Mm. Um, they like I said, that's what that's what I said. They're very like professional in the way they go about their business. Mm. They just they they get out there and it's and it's and it's not just a game of footy to them. Like it is, it's like they've got a job to do and they have something to achieve that afternoon in that eighty minutes. And they just go they just go about their business and get it done. They do what they have to do. Mm. You know what I mean? And you know they 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 layer up a bit when they score tries and all that sort of stuff. And I think it, you know at times when you see a lot of, a bit of emotion from them is you know if they get an opposition player bundle him into touch, they might get around each other and, mm. you know, sort of beat each other's chest and back slap and high five and all that sort of business. But they just, they are a, what they are, they are a ruthless outfit. Yeah. They don't give you, they don't give you, a, you know, a whole bunch of emotion outside of, you know, the, when they're in those moments, those big moments, scoring tries and if they come up with a big defensive play. But outside of that, they just, they get out there and they just get their role done. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. They don't bother with any of the other stuff. Yeah, they just go and play footy and get their jobs done. Yeah, especially you know you look at Leota and, and Fisher Harris. You would expect them, and I think even maybe four or five years ago, they probably would be in the niggle and they would be pushing and shoving. And, and it's not to mm. say that they aren't hyper aggressive. It's not mm. to say that they don't sometimes you know push push the line in some of their contact. But I, you rarely see Fisher Harris or Leota you know, in those kind of battles, which is mm. just shows you how professional they are. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to uh, review the seasons for the Sharkies and the Raiders, discuss NRL's potential new contract model and preview week two of the finals. Front Walker waits right behind inside the Westpac red zone. Is this the moment? Sam Walker gives them a one-point lead. The Roosters lead with seven minutes to go. This is remarkable. But one of the great finals win... For the Roosters, how have they done this? Down to 12 men, seemingly shots, superstars ruled out of the contest. But they still had Kiri, they still had Tedesco, and maybe it is the year for Sammy Walker after all. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. That was our game sealer moment from last week, thanks to Loctite adhesives. Fast, strong and reliable the possibilities are limitless. All it takes is a few drops. Smithy, we got some text there, mate. Yeah, we've got a couple. Young fan from Hong Kong. Would the Storm have the chance to defeat the Panthers if they go through this weekend or even bounce back to defeat the mighty young Broncos? Wow. Well, off the back of that first, first up performance, you'd probably say, look, they're going to struggle against Penrith. Mm. Um, but... You know, you got to take into account as well. Was it last year that Penrith lost week one? Two years ago. Two years ago, mm. 2021. So they lost week one and come back and, and actually won the premiership, Kempi. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what the Melbourne Storm are going to do this year or even if, you know, they're good enough to do that. But let's not go right in anyone off. Everyone, the, the teams that are still left in, the six teams that, hey, it's every, anyone's. It's anyone's to have a crack at. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely favourites, as you've already suggested, Smithy, but uh, this idea that any team is unbeatable, it's just nonsense. I, I, mm. it, it does my head in when people are like, nah, there's no way such and such team gets beaten. This is rugby league. You know, 80 minutes, anything can, a player can go down. Someone yep. gets sent to the bin. Uh, injury at training. Like, look look at look at the Warriors, you know. Yeah. 
it was only last week where SJ was good to go. Now we're unsure whether he'll even play a single finals game. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, Roosters from last week to this week, like they lost like Joey Manu, um, Billy Smith, broken jaw. What an effort that was to, to oh, play on. Mate. But, you know, they've lost, what, three from the weekend? Yep. Um, you know, from Cronulla to now heading into this weekend's game against the Storm. Plus, they've already had a few out. You know, things can change so quickly, so quickly. So I wouldn't go writing them off. But going off their, their week one performance, I say um, – I would say they'd be up against it, yeah. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to go over the Raiders and Sharks and where it went wrong. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We're here for Chemist Warehouse. Heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Let's get into a review. Finals week one results. Broncos 26-0 against the Storm. Panthers 32-6 against the Warriors. Roosters 13-12 against the Sharks. Knights 30-28 against the Raiders. We'll go through the Broncos Storm game first. Smithy. Where did you see this one and lost? Did anything surprise you? How did you, you uh, rate this game? Oh, well, what surprised me was how quiet the key position players of Melbourne were. That was They, they play, played well below their, their own standard. Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster, and Harry Grant. They, um, yeah, they just they couldn't get themselves into the game, and they come up with some, some mistakes that just you know, weren't quite themselves. Like it, a couple of those, you know, there was some forward passes and a couple of errors, some, some ordinary kicks. And I was watching, as I was watching it unfold, I'm just like, nah, that's, that's not them. You know, that's not their t- typical self. It's not their, it's not their, <laughs> certainly far from their, their best football that they've shown us over the you know, last couple of years in particular. But, you know, you got to say that the, the Broncos applied a lot of pressure to them. Mm. They 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 didn't allow them you know too much room to move. They took a lot of time away from them. Um, that a fast moving defensive line and and they were physical, right? So they they got physical with the Melbourne middlemen, which you know makes it harder for those key position players to play play when there's no momentum. Mm. So that was my concern. If you remember the last week when we were discussing this game, you know the, the preview of it, that was my concern around how was Melbourne going to try and figure out a way to to get around the size and the power of the Broncos footy side. Mm. That was my concern. And and my thoughts were if if they can take some punishment early, which you know I, I know the Melbourne Storm can do because they're a fit side and you know they're a very brave footy side. If they can take some punishment early and and still have Broncos at zero and then go and score some points of their own they could, you know, their their best bet was to try and create a little bit of doubt in the minds of particularly those younger Broncos that haven't either that was their first final, finals game or there was a, a handful of them that had only played one or two finals matches. So that was that was their opportunity I seen, but they they just couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, the, the Broncos were so powerful. They ran through them. They hit them hard. Um, and although it was only eight nil at half time, I. Personally, I thought that was a great result for the Storm mm. to go in at only 8-0 down. I thought it could have been a lot more. But, um, yeah, the, the thing that I took away from that was very impressive performance by Broncos and the Storm's key men, they, um, they were well below their best. Yeah, I think, and look, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be proven wrong with the Melbourne Storm. You know, they've done it so many times, done it to me, done it to everyone in rugby league. So I'm happy to be proven wrong. But I do think that it did show that they need to go into the market for some forwards. Um, 
you know, the forwards I've got there are tough as anything. They mm. go all day and, you know, there's no denying that they, you know, they do themselves proud with effort. Like there's no yep. denying that at all. Yes. But I do think when you looked at the difference in explosiveness, the difference in size, outside of obviously Nelson coming on and he did cause some trouble for the Broncos. Yep. I do think that the, the Storm are lacking one or two, uh, I guess, not not necessarily game breakers, but like if they could go out and get another couple Elikatoas, yeah, and that sounds stupid to say. Like you don't just pick them off trees. <laughs> That's um, right, yeah. But I do think that when you looked at that forward pack, they even though they sh- tried, you know, gallantly to match it with the Broncos, they just couldn't, unfortunately. And as I said, I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I'm just I just don't know whether that they've been able to recover losing Tino Dale. Bromwich mm-hmm. Brothers, um, Kofusi in, in a 24-month period. Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, yeah, there you go. Yeah, all, all you know, sort of, um, you know, guys that, well, what they do is they create momentum, right? They've they got great leg speed. They do, you know, a lot of work through the middle. They provide opportunities for, in particular, Hughes and Grant. Mm. Um, and I agree with you. I, I thought the guy that, that actually gave the Broncos a, a few issues was Nelson. Mm-hmm. I thought when he came on, he actually skittled a few defenders and you know got some quick play of the balls and and away the storm attack went. Um, so, you know, for for mine, I, I was surprised to see him named on the bench again. I thought Craig might have opted for him to start this week, but yeah, you know, there might be a late change, and and we've seen that nearly yeah. You know, there's a lot of games this year where the bench, some bench players come on and start and. Yeah, they swap around and all that sort of stuff. So maybe he might start him um, in this game against the Roosters this weekend. But yeah, they um, they came with a, a really um, aggressive game plan, the Broncos. And I'll tell you what, mate, they they stuck to it from from yeah. the very first tackle of the game yeah. until the last. They they stuck to it, and they were really impressive. They were really impressive for, like I said, different reasons to you know the Panthers who were impressive themselves. Um, but they they certainly look like they are in a, a very very strong position to go through to a grand final. I know we don't. I don't want to sort of you know go the early crow or put the mockers on them, Kempy. But they're in a very good position to go through to the grand final. Now we've already spoken a bit about the Panthers Warriors, so let's get to the Roosters for Sharks. Yep. What did you take away from this game? Can the Roosters ruffle a few feathers? No pun intended. Heading into a prelim and potentially a grand final. Well, I think they can, mate, because they're in a they're in a really good frame of mind at the moment, and you can tell by the way they're playing their footy. Like they're defending strongly. They found their 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 defence that has has you know taken them all the way through to grand finals in the past, which really wasn't there earlier in the year. And also they they've got their they've got their attack back as well. They're all on the same page. Mm. I think Sammy Walker's made a huge difference with him coming back in only a few weeks ago. I think. Um, you know, I think he's added a little bit of spark. I think what he has added to is a little bit of um, unpredictability as far as the opposition is concerned. He's always sort of, you know, keeping defenders in, in two minds about what he's going to do. Um, and Luke Keery's playing as good as he's played all year. So, you know, I know they're they're down on troops. Um, I, I get that. And a lot of people are saying, well, that's, that's going to be a really tough job going down to Melbourne, particularly after Melbourne got belted, um, they'll bounce back. But, you know, I'm wary. I'm wary of them, given given the confidence that they're playing with at the moment. And I actually think Trent Robinson as coach, 
I think he's enjoying the situation they're in. Agreed. Because they've been because they have been sudden death pretty much for the last what six weeks. You know, I, I remember hearing him talk. I, I seen him pre-game. They were playing against um, Parramatta, and he said, "You know, like this is this is when you see the best football played, is because all the players are aware that like th- there's no there's no option of losing. Like we are we are sudden death from here on out until until our last game." We are sudden death football. So this is when you see, you know, players playing their best their best football. And <laughs> I gotta say, like he's right. It's it's I haven't seen the Roosters play better all year. Mate, the Roosters are in almost a perfect position for the squad they have. I know they're missing some players, but when you look at their ins, mate, a lot worse teams have done a lot bigger things, that's for sure. Um mm. They're, I actually think they're in a great position because no longer do they have the pressure of, oh, look at your roster. It's incredible. You should be winning a comp. Yeah. They're, they're the underdogs now. So it's just mm. like, boys, we just go out and play. And, and they've been playing like that for a while now where they don't look like there's a, a pressure on their shoulders. They've simplified their game. And they're just seeing, playing basically eyes up footy and, and going with whatever they feel in front of them, trusting that their defense is some of the best in the competition. I think they're in a you know, the perfect position to ambush a few sides, to be honest. Yeah. And, and that, like you just, you just said that word, you know, trust, like the trust and belief it's as high as it's been all year. And that's why they're playing so well. Um, but when you, I guess when you look on the other side of the field from last week's game, like Cronulla, you're thinking, like, how did they not get that job done? When, particularly when Tedesco went off. So they go down, they go down to 12 They've got their fullback off the field, and we all know how important the fullback is in the game now, particularly with like defense and setting your defensive line and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you're dragging one man out of the front line and putting him at the back because Tedesco was off the field. So, yeah, I, I don't know how they weren't be, weren't able to sort of come up with some sort of plan to pick apart the Roosters while Tedesco was off the field. Mate, like when he was off the field, there was two bomb tries, two yeah. tries that were basically should have been tries. And I look, they're inexperienced, I guess, as a team to a degree, the Sharky side. And when you look at their spine, say compared to the Roosters' spine, you'd go, okay. But they put themselves in. I felt that Nico, aside from obviously the drop goals, which he should have iced, I thought Nico did everything he could to put them in a position to execute and score points. I just yeah. think that there's a there's a few too many players sometimes at the Sharks that are okay with making mistakes. Mm. Um, and not like, I don't mean as in they're like, oh yeah, it's no, no problem. But I, sometimes I feel like it doesn't sting them enough that their, their completion rate is so low. They got the second worst completion rate, I think in the competition. Well, they, they've been, um, like they've played back to back finals, right? Last year they finished top four, but why is it that you think they struggle to get results against top eight sides or you get to the pointy end of the season and they really struggle. If you actually look across their list, right? That, that, like they've got a quality football side there. Yeah. There's no doubt about Absolutely. that. But if you look across their list, Nico Hines played 10 minutes of origin this year. But if you look across the rest of them, like there's, there's no really like no, not one player in that, in that team has a cemented representative spot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. if you look at Broncos, you look at Penrith, like they're littered, you know, they've got, they've got guys that play that, that sort of that top tier football regularly so they know when they get into finals, they get into those big games, they know how to up the tempo. They know how to raise their level. 
they go to another, they, they find another gear. Whereas I feel as though that's where Cronulla struggle a little bit. Mm. They just, they just don't know how to find that next gear when it comes to the bigger games. Yeah. I, I think that um, Fitzy probably needs to recruit one or two players, maybe one big front rower. Like a, a when you look at the top tier, they've got, you know, Fisher Harris, you've got your Payne Hasses. Um, mm. You look at the Storm, you've got Nelson. You look at the Raiders, Tarpanet. You know, like each team in the top tier has like Saifidi brothers for Newey. Whereas I look at the the Sharkies, although, as you said, when you look at the roster, it's a bloody good roster. But that yeah. next tier of player, mm. I just think that they might need to bring another tier of player in. And look, with Wade Graham retiring, Vanukin another year or so away from retirement, maybe they do that does free up salary cap space to do that. Um but anyway, we're going to have to head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty more to talk about, uh, including Jack Whiten's biting incident. Time now to break down the best hands in the NRL. Thanks to Schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Thanks to the SCN app. Download it today for free in the App Store and listen anywhere, anytime. Smitty, what do we got, bros? Best hands, thanks to Schnitties. Love a good Schnitty. We're getting Schnitty today, aren't we? Are we Schnitz today? Oh, my God. No, he's, he's given the no sign, so oh. we're used to that. Don't worry about that. I'm used to disappointment on this show. Oh, Tom. Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom. What's going on? Wow. Okay, back to the seat. <laughs> One point, best hands, goes to – well, it goes to Matty Croker and Tyson Gamble's charge downs. There was a couple there of Jamal Fogarty's field goal attempts. Had to come up a couple of big plays um, as well. I thought he, um, Tyson Gamble's in particular – um, to get out there and, and block that kick right at the death um, was pretty important. So that's my one point to those two boys from Newcastle. Two points, similar um, nomination for James Tedesco and Luke Keary's charge downs, both on Nico Hines of his field goal attempts. That's what happens in the elimination games. They're that close and there was a field goal-a-thon going on in those two games. But three points can be... And you'll be happy with this. It goes to a Bronco. Oh, yeah. Adam Reynolds, it was the cutout pass for Selwyn Cobbo uh, scoring against the Melbourne Storm on the weekend. It might have been their – was it their last try? I think it was. So set them up beautifully. Um, first time they go play out the back to Walsh. Walsh dances through, scores. Next time, play out the back to Walsh. He pulls up his run, plays short. Another try. Next time around, Storm think we're a whole outside defense on that left-hand side. We're just going to jam and shut this whole thing down. Nah, Adam Reynolds has a look up. Lob pass, lob cut out. Selwyn Cobbo, free man on the outside try time. Mate, loved it. Absolutely loved smart. it. Can I, smart. Can I add four points best feet thanks to Schnitz? Uh, yes, you can. Yes. Thank you. Adam Reynolds dropout. It's definitely thanks to Schnitz. Adam yep. Reynolds dropout. Oh, what about that for a kick? Incredible. Are you serious? 40 metres over the head, lands perfectly, then bounces out. Yep. Changes the momentum of the whole game. And that, I'll, I'll tell you what, just on the just on the end of that, just to have our listeners think about it, right? Great kick. Not taking anything away from that. He had to be precise and accurate and have just the right amount of weight on that kick to find that spot that he needed and to run it on. But that was just another, you know, reflection of where Melbourne were at the other night. So that, that like Cam Munster had his back turned to Adam Reynolds. You mm. you cannot do that. Like particularly in those big games. Like that was that was a qualifying final to get yourself a week off and get into a prelim. Yeah. 
Like you got to be ready. Like you're playing against the team that finished second, and they're gonna when you're coming up against a, an experienced, smart player like Adam Reynolds, he's gonna look for ways to try and, you know, put you under pressure. So he's walking back, back turned Adam Reynolds. So Adam Reynolds went, well, I'm not gonna kick short. I'm I'm gonna kick over his head. You know, I wonder, I wonder whether Renault did a video and he'd noticed that maybe Munster had a tendency to just chill because there's so many short dropouts. Mm, possibly. Just I, I reckon he just seen it. I reckon wow. he seen it. Yeah, he picked it. I reckon he, because I, I, I was watching it, and I was commentating it live, and I, he was looking to set up short. Yep. But he seen how slow the Melbourne players were getting back, and Cam Munster had his back turned, so he just said, "Oh, I'll just knock it over your head, mate." Mate, that makes it even better. Too good. The confidence good. to go. You know what? It's a tough kick, but yeah, boom, nailed it. I got a quick text here before we go to a break, fellas. Smithy, I heard you you were feeling down um, about the result on the weekend, but try being a Tigers supporter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been feeling down for twelve years. <laughs> oh, Andrew, no. the Mortlake Tiger. Good on oh, you, Andy. Mate, mate. Hopefully next year. Maybe okay. Anyway, we're gonna head can to we get breaks. that? Mu- can we get some music, please? The only way is up. <laughs> we can. After the break, we're gonna <laughs> gonna cheer up. What was it? Was it Andrew? Did you say? Was it Andrew? We'll yeah, cheer that was up, Andrew mate. from Andrew the Mort Lake Tiger. Mate, we'll cheer you up after the break. Welcome back to the captain's run. Got some text here, Smithy. Uh, I'm honestly surprised no team tries to do a short kickoff uh, to the touchline at the start of the game. Uh, it's first kickoff. Go watch previous games. The touch finder at the start is on nearly every start. Mm. Ooh. I don't mind it. I don't mind it either. So big game. So so let's say Friday night. Let's say Roosters choose to kick off and they go short. Very first kickoff. Just to rattle them. Have a crack. So, imagine imagine getting the ball back. Imagine oh, being the opposition mate. side. Like, defend, like you think you're receiving. Here we go, boys. Let's work into the game. Hang on a minute. We're tackling. Yes. What? Wouldn't that deflate? You know, you're getting hyped up that first carry. Oh, just like you're about to go crazy and then just completely deflate it. Mate, it'd be, I'll tell you what, like it'd, it'd shock a few. Mate, yeah, absolutely. And even like, you know, for example, the kickoff set, you've got a set in mind. You've got certain players taking the first four carries. It throws that all out the window because it's in a different field position at half at halfway. So you know who takes the carry? Is it a center from you know the yeah. the scoot? Is it a front rower? Is it a back rower? Yep. Um, don't do mind it. it. Cam don't. Munster, Cam Munster, if you're listening, do it. Do it, Cam. Here's the Chooks. Chooks will be He'll have no problems. He'll have no problems doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, we're gonna head to a break. After the break, we've got plenty more to talk about, including Jack White and judiciary. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Give us a text, 0457 736 736. Uh, let's get straight into it, shall we? Cronulla Sharks season review. Or basically just, you know, that, that the last game I think is kind of uh, emblematic of this season to a degree. Uh, finished six with 14 wins, 10 losses. Uh, have not registered a finals win since 2018. Uh, don't have any big signings 2024. Lose Wade Graham. Uh, reports earlier in the year suggested that Matt Moylan could join Catalans in Super League. Moylan is contracted till the end of 2024. He's uh, 32. And basically, what do the Sharkies need to do co- to contend for a premiership and what's their biggest issue, Smithy? Well, I think we, we sort of half-touched on it before, didn't we, Camby, about you know, their lineup. It's, it's, a, it's a strong footy side. It's a good footy side. And they play you know, great football throughout the year. But the, the up-and-down nature of their performances, particularly this year, I think they, they, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the, the competition was stronger this year than last year. And, and I guess looking at the ladder at the end of the season, that probably suggests that it was a more competitive 
um, competition across the board. But that they were just very up and down for me, very up and down. And they, unfortunately, right, this is, it's more than just like a little thing that they can't beat top eight sides. I think they really need to address that. Mm. And I don't know, I'm not sure whether it's um, a skill-based thing, uh, maybe the way they play their football against top eight sides or whether it's more a mental thing for the players that when they get out against these these sides that are, you know, sitting in the top eight, the better teams in the competition, whether they, you know, do they second guess themselves? Do they doubt themselves? Do they not have as much belief in themselves when they, when they take on, you know, teams like, you know, the Storm and, um, you know, Penrith and the Broncos and, and all these other sides that they really struggle to get results against. Mm. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'd like to think that they will sit down in their season review and address that issue. They have to, because mm. it's play. It's not. It's not a one-off thing, is it, Kempi? No, it's not. It's been for basically a couple of years now. Uh, it, it's the Sharkies are a really hard team to talk about because I do believe they've made growth. You know, I, there was a period there where they looked gone and they managed mm. to turn their season around and stay in the eight. So I think they deserve props for that. As well as I do think their defense in, got dramatically better mm. towards the end of the year. But it's a matter of are you there to make the eight or are you there to win comps? Mm. And so does Fitzy need to take one or two steps back to take four steps forward? I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure. What do you reckon? Well, I just I, – I look at the – that's why I asked the question about this year whether, you know, was it a stronger competition than last year because they finished top four last year. Mm. They, um, you know, they, they hosted week one finals game. Well, they finished second, didn't they, yep. overall? Yeah. Yeah, and then they took on the Cowboys and then were beaten, um, you know, in what was a, a classic game, but – like how I don't I don't know how your season goes from playing that well to where they went this year where they were they just ousted first week. I actually I actually feel as though they weren't as consistent this year as as they were last year, and whether that's due to you know some of the injuries that they sustained and um, a couple of the um, couple of suspensions that they copped throughout the season as well. I'm not too sure. I, I think. Um, you know, when when you're talking about their list, you know, I, I really do feel like they are missing one of those just those those experienced top flight players. Mm. So they got like I said, mate, they they got a they got a very strong squad of, of players and they got a good footy side. And they can play tough and you know, they can play expansive and they've got a lot of skillful players as well. But when it comes down to those big games, they just they don't have a lot of that experience to have someone there just to steady the ship when they need to um, and, and point point the team in the right direction to get get the jobs done against the good sides. I will say a really good, I guess, example of the comp being stronger. So the, the Sharkies finished second last year. The Broncos finished second this year. And, I mean, the Broncos are a substantially better side this yeah. year than the Sharkies were last mm. year. Um, so I agree with you. I do think that the comp's gotten stronger. Funnily enough, I, I do think that they missed that the big fella uh, for feeder through the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I know he was on his last legs and, you know, mm. he was he was battling injury and playing tough, but 
again, he did offer that little bit extra experience in these these matches and and being able to you know inject himself and make a difference when it was needed. Yeah, and, and mate, sometimes it's 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 more mental than physical. You know, having those older guys around. Um, you know, for finals time or for when you're playing against the big sides and in the big games, mm. it's um they're invaluable. You know, I think a lot of people now, in particular in the modern game, think it's all youth. Like go youth, go you know speed and enthusiasm and all that sort of stuff. It's pre- it's always handy to have a couple of old fellas in there as well, mm. just to know when to pull the right strings and and what to do. And um, I I just feel that. That's that's what they're lacking at the moment, you know. And as good as a playmaker as Nico Hines is, he showed last year by winning the Delian Medal. Um, he hasn't got that experience, Kempi. Mm. He hasn't got it. That's that's just a fact. Mm. You know, he's, he got he was handed ten minutes this year in State of Origin, not much of an opportunity. So I don't think we really take that in, into consideration. But um, you know, he just he doesn't have that that big game experience right now in his career. Now, onto the Canberra Raiders. Finished eighth with 13 wins, 11 losses. Uh, biggest winning margin was only 12 point win against the Dogs in round 25. Mm. Points differential was 137, oh. minus 137. Wow. Third worst of finals team in the NRL era. Uh, losses for 2024 Whiten, Croker, Frawley, Gaines, uh, Sasangi from the Knights. Uh, how do you see their seasons? Yeah, well, they were thereabouts, weren't they? They were thereabouts. And they got themselves into the finals just. They snuck in by one win. Um, yeah, because if, if they finished on the same points as uh, who, who was next up, North Queensland, I think it was, mm. um, they were gone because of their points differential. So, like, the games they won, they won by a couple. And the games they lost, like, they got hammered. Mm. So, you know, that, that, that just shows the disparity in that footy side. So when they play well and win, you know, they grind a win out and, and they do it the tough way, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But when they lose, when they're not on, they're very poor. So it just sort of suggests to you that, you know, the difference between their best and their worst, like there's a, there's a bit of a gap there, mm. which, which says, you know, sort of, you know, quite inconsistent footy side. Um, again, a lot like the Sharkies, when you look at their list, like you go, well, that's a that's a good football side. It's a very good footy side, but because they were so up and down, um, I think that that just put a lot of doubt in in you know everyone's mind about the potential of them playing finals. They snuck in, as I said, but um, in the end, they were very brave. Their last game, the the last game of the season, like they were brave, mm. and I think you know that's that's a word we've used to describe them for the most part of this year, haven't we? Mm-hmm. You know, they're brave, they're gritty, and they hang in there, and they, you know, a lot of the times they drag the opposition into a, a dogfight. Um, you know, they played that way, but it just wasn't good enough mm. on the weekend. And and maybe if, if that game was played somewhere else, if that game was played in Canberra against Newcastle, Canberra probably win it. Mm. But I think that swell of support that the Newcastle Knights had, that just, it helped them get home in the end. I think that there's been word that they were going after Fafida and then Colin Matungi. I think they've got to just completely – they don't need any more forwards. I'm, I'm shocked that they're even considering more forwards. They need to pay overs for a key spine player. 
Mm. Uh, I think we saw this year with Jackie White not necessarily firing and having one of his quietest years in, in a while. Yep. Look, Jackie's playing out of position. You know, I, th- I think he's more of a center outside back than he is a, a six. So he was doing that for the team. And Ricky admitted that. He was playing mm-hmm. six for the team. But I, I think it's it's almost not in Ricky's nature to pay overs for someone because he's such a, a kind of tough operator. But yep. I do think he might need to bend a little bit here and pay someone, especially either a fullback or a six or a seven, you know, maybe a six or a fullback because they've got Fogarty there who is – is good enough to to help a star player out. I think they need to pay massive overs to get a key player in their spine desperately. When you look at that, the nine, the six, and the one heading into next year, yeah. um, unfortunately, it's just not. It's probably not top eight standard. Yeah. Well, and and that's and that's the the challenge, right? Is when you when you're looking at those positions to go right. How do we how do we give ourselves the best opportunity to win? A premiership. So you're looking at those key positions of you know, your fullback, your halves, and your and your number nine. But there's only a certain amount of them out there. Mm. Yep. There's only a certain amount of them out there mm. that that when you when you say, well, he's a he's a guy that could really take our our footy side to the next level. He could he could put a put our team into um, a grand final and, and possibly win a premiership. There's only so many of those type of players out there. So it's you got to be patient and you got to work with what you got. Um, you know, for for certain periods of time, but I do agree with you. I think they need to be on the hunt for that next player that uh, that yeah. that comes up. Yeah, I I said at the start of this year, um, so it's not kind of hindsight. Uh, mm. but I think they need to be super aggressive in a younger player coming up, uh, yeah. and almost take a big risk because you know it's going to be very hard for them to let's say there's a fullback on the market, he yep. can get a million dollars in another club, and the Raiders offer him one point four. You know, that's huge overs. And also that guy's going to be like, look, do I want to live down in Canberra or do I want to stay in Sydney or Brisbane or wherever it is? Whereas yeah. a younger player, if you went to him and said, mate, you haven't played first grade yet, but we're going to give you 400 grand a year. Yeah. He'll lap that up. He'll be like, oh, mate, four, like I've never had money in my life. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and so I think they've got to be aggressive and risk and uh, I guess be really risky with it. Mm. What about potentially signing like a, a veteran though? Could they go that way, like an Adam Reynolds, like the Broncos have done with Adam Reynolds? Oh, yeah. Could they find like a gun? Would you? Would you? Well, I just would you look- say yes. That that's more of a short term thing, though, mm. right? Well, I, well, I looked on the weekend. In my opinion, the difference was Kalen Ponga. If Kalen yep. Ponga was at the back for the Raiders, they win probably thirteen plus, to be honest. And yep. so I just think like they only won by twelve points, even when they were playing their best. They the most mm-hmm. they won by twelve points. So they're missing a guy that can create points. Yes. And so, and, and obviously Reynolds can create points. Um, you know, I mean, look, to be honest, if Reynolds' his contract up is, is up next year, I'd be knocking on his door and seeing how his body is because <laughs> he could definitely help him. Then, you know, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind it. So a number one, essentially, is what you're saying. A number one or they a... They need mu- a gun one. A gun one or six. Someone that can put points on for the team. Like, obviously, Munster can put points on for the Storm. Yeah. Um, Dylan Brown for the Parrot Eels. Uh, you know, you go to Ezra Mam at the Broncos, like... I would be yep. risking a young guy coming out of – basically, I'd be looking at who is the best guy, like one six – like basically one or six coming out of high school, and yep. I'd be throwing him a contract that is definitely overs, but it's worth the risk because not only – let's say it doesn't work out, there's going to be plenty of other clubs, clubs that are willing to pay the difference. Mm. So let's say let's say you offer him 400 grand and he hasn't played yep. first grade yet, 
and he yeah. doesn't work out because he's been so good through school. You could go to another club and say, "Look, can you just pay two fifty of it, three hundred? So really, it's a one hundred grand risk. Yeah. And at the moment, I think it's a risk they've got to take. Yeah. Well, particularly now, like Jack Whiten, he's the big loss for me. Oof. Like, you know, out of those three guys, like Matty Frawley's going to over to the Super League. Jared Croker retired. I think that would have been sort of in their planning as well with, mm. with Croker in particular, um, you know, given the issues he's had with injuries and, and whatnot for a long, long period of time now and, and being a little bit older. But Jackie Whiten, oh, mate. that's the big one for them. I mean, their club's built around him. Yeah. You know, yeah. it would be like, you know, it would be like Panthers losing Cleary. And I know Cleary obviously is a more, um, he's achieved more, but there's certain players that clubs are built around. Uh, yeah. and, and well, Wyden is that guy for the Raiders. Yeah. Well, he's like the franchise player, right? Yeah. He's, um, he's not only a great, um, you know, acquisition for them as a footballer, but he's like the heart and soul of the club. Yeah. All the younger players, all the players are, uh, they get around him. They feed off his energy. They feel off, you know, the, what he's bringing to the footy side. So that's, that's a huge loss for them. Like he's been there since he was a young man. Um, it's a huge loss. And so again, like we're we're talking about, you know, finding players. Well, they they gotta they gotta fill the void that he's gonna leave there next year. Yeah, yeah. I um I will say though, it's not all doom and gloom for the Raiders. That forward pack, those younger players on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, incredible. Hit, you okay? It's one thing to be a good young gun in NRL season, but to be a young gun, not even a young gun, a young forward and play the way they did in a finals match away from home. Shows not only do they have the talent in the forwards, they've got the mentality to be really, really good first graders when it counts. Yeah, the guy that I was really impressed with was um, Mariotta. Oh, mate. How good was he? Machine. Absolutely. Like, when he was playing the ball sometimes, I thought it was Papali'i. Just, just, <laughs> honestly, just by just the, the damage he was doing with the with the way he was running. Like, yeah. I thought I was watching the one-two punch of Tarpane and Papali'i at times. Not, obviously, yep. looks-wise. I mean, just... The way he was playing, yeah, I, I was really impressed with um, his game. I really was. He he took on the Newcastle team, um, never took a backward step. The other guy that played well too was Emre Gula. Mm. I thought those two boys really stood up in the absence of like a Papali'i, um, those more senior forwards. Um, so, like you said, mate, the forward pack they probably don't need to address that situation. Like they've got some, they've just been showing like they've got a couple of young guys, up and comers that are. They're, they're quality footballers. Mm. They're quality footballers. So it's more around those key positions that if they can find one or if they can bring one through the system, as if they may have a young gun coming through, mate, that we don't know about. Well, their, their fullback is, is Chevy Stewart. He played for the under-19s uh, New South Wales side. He didn't have the yes. best game against Queensland, but he's young. You know, There's plenty of players that didn't play well in that state game that go on to kill it. Yeah. Um, so he's a guy that they've got their eye on. Yeah. Um, what so about Savage, mate? I don't know what's going on there. Very surprising that he hasn't got... I know he's had some injuries this year, but he's played substantial amount of games. Um, mate, if I was a betting man, I'd probably think that maybe maybe he would end up at another club next year. I, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's very strange that basically he replaced Charles Nickel-Cluckstad and then this year he's just not even been in the picture. Yeah. Um, but maybe... Hasn't look, been considered. Maybe Ricky Stewart's playing the long game with him and you know helping develop. We have to remember he's very young. Mm. Super raw, but very talented. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we share a holy schnitz moment. Thanks to schnitz. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels.
Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time now for our Holy Schnitz moment of the week. What have I got, Smithy? Uh, Holy Schnitz moment for me, Kempi, was, uh, well, it was Sunday, Arvo. Sitting down with the family, watching the footy on the couch. And next minute, <laughs> there was a big bite. Wow. Jackie Whiten. It was no good. Maybe he thought it was a schnitz. Oh, I think he was. I think he was biting into a golden schnitz. <laughs> He was big thinking about schnitties. golden schnitz. I know. It looked like a big schnitty wrap. <laughs> a big schnitty <laughs> schnitty wrap. A Tyson um, schnitty. Yeah, it uh and it was clear as day. Like yeah. it was right in front of the camera and, and then you know, the arm come up and you're like, Oh geez, I think he might be in a bit of strife. But I tell you what, I was actually I didn't mind and probably wouldn't mind hearing from um, our listeners. I actually didn't mind the way the officials handled it. Although it was very different to what we've seen in round one of the NRLW this year where um, yeah, one of the female players was sent from the field straight away yeah. under very similar circumstances. But I actually didn't mind to say, look, okay, there's been there's, – there's some evidence there of a bite. There's been an accusation. We'll put that on report. Um, Jack, you remain on the field, finish the game off, and the match review committee will take care of it, mm. which they have. He's received three weeks, so I actually didn't mind that in that in that instance. But that was my holy schnitz moment. Okay, all right, my holy schnitz moment, and I'm sorry to do this to you, Smitty. Oh no, what have we got? When you know I, I was caught up in a <laughs> a haze of celebration and. Glory and victory, and I, I didn't even know what the score was. And I looked down after 80 <laughs> minutes of rugby league footy. The Broncos oh. had beaten the Storm 26-0. I yelled, holy shit, to the top of my lungs. No, oh, enjoy it. It's, <laughs> it's been 14 years. Oh, enjoy it. Oh, there it is. He's had, that in the, he's had that in the chamber all episode. He's had that in the oh. chamber. I tell you what, we got to, yeah, we got to take it when we can, Smitty, because it's been 14 frigging years. What the well, hell? Suncorp, yeah, 14 years of Suncorp. 14 oh, games on the trot, though. Oh, my. Oh my God, how is that even possible? Seriously. No, we'll give you that one. We'll give you that All one. All right. Beautiful stuff. Uh, get Got that winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh and made just for you. Also, just a quick reminder to our listeners, bloke footy shorts are dropping on Monday, 6 p.m. We have partnered with Aussie Footy Shorts to create our very own bloke first ever. We've never done footy shorts before. We've got three colors, our classic red and yellow, our classic brown and yellow, and black and white all unique designs, Monday, 6 p.m. Do not miss out. There's a limited amount. So once they're gone, they're gone. So set your alarms and be ready. And also, I mean, has science gone too far? They have pockets, footy shorts with pockets. What? Unbelievable stuff. Now, we're going to head to a break and let you just marinate on the fact that there's footy shorts with pockets. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. NRL transfer market set for a big change. Reports have emerged uh, of the NRL's change to the transfer system, which will come into effect from November 1st this year. So it's not done yet, just reportedly that it will come into effect November 1st this year. The biggest change is last right of negotiation clause, which will give incumbent clubs, so that's a club that already has the player, a 10-day period to convince a player not to join a rival club. The incumbent club will be told when a player is willing to accept an offer elsewhere. They won't be told the terms of the deal with the rival club, but will then have 10 days to convince the player not to accept the rival offer. We've also got some more details, some breaking news. Tom, 
He's onto it. What do we got, mate? Yeah, so this has just come through before as well. So the NRL has scrapped the controversial August mid-season signing loophole. So they've moving the deadline back to June 30 in a move that Andrew Abdo says will protect the integrity of the competition. So as you went through there, these are all changes that are being sent to agents, to clubs and to players. And this has been agreed on reportedly by the NRL and the RLPA. So before COVID and everything happened, as you know, there was the June 30 deadline. Then during COVID, um, they pushed that back to about the first Monday in August. Um, so it, it was only intended for the COVID-affected 2021 season. The rule had drawn you know, a lot of dismay by fans and clubs. Um, so it, moved, it means such moves as Tevita Pangai Juniors from Brisbane to Penrith a few years ago, um, David Nofaluma to the Storm last year, and Matt Lodge to the Roosters as well last year. Um, that can't that can't happen again. So um, Andrew Abdo said um, per AAP, it allows clubs to plan their rosters for the second half of the season based on injuries and player availability, while making sure there aren't changes at the end of the season which impact the integrity of the competition. Um, another change is also that clubs will also be able to field supplementary players outside their top 30 at any point in the season without an exemption from 2024. Under previous rules, supplementary players had only been able to play after round 11 unless the club had significant shortages. Smithy, what do you reckon, wow. mate? Wow, a lot to take in there. Um, I completely understand it, and I, and I don't mind that, that June 30 date coming back. Um, given there was a little bit of frustration, I think, from a lot of people, particularly fans, like losing players late in the season to other clubs that were looking at you know, making a push for the finals, right? So when they were in a position where they thought, like, we're a real good chance here. Well, they, they might have known they're playing finals, but we're a real good chance of winning a premiership. But wouldn't mind getting, you know, player X or player Y to come down. I really think he could he could help our finals campaign. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, and it's always the stronger clubs, right? It's always the club sitting up high on the ladder that are poaching those players from, from the, the clubs down down lower on the ladder, so I don't mind that. Um, I, I don't, I don't quite get the last right of negotiation stuff. Mm. I do, I do. From, <laughs> I, I do understand what what its intention is, and I don't mind that. That you know, so let's just use say, you know, Jack White situation where, you know, the the Rabbitohs come in and offer Jack a, an opportunity to move to the Rabbitohs, but then the Raiders have ten days to to come back and try and convince him otherwise, but what what if the player's already made the decision? Like, does it matter? I, I really don't like it because it gives the the club that has the player the chance to basically play chicken with them and just go, we're just going to throw massive unders at a player and then basically he has to accept another offer and then they can go, oh, all of a sudden we found all this money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. In a negotiation? Mm. Yeah. So they can really find a loophole in the whole thing. Because you could just, saying. yeah, but yeah, basically, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> they could dodge you up the negotiation. Yeah, the whole time. They could be saying, <laughs> player. And it, it, I know this because obviously I, I was almost, I wasn't a top tier player. So I know what they do. Hey, mate, we got no money in the cap. We need you to take unders to stay. Please stay. Loyalty to the club. We promise you there's money in the cap next year. Yeah. But so what clubs could do is go, mate, we got no money in the cap. And then they could just keep doing it, keep doing it until the final second. And because they got 10 days to pull it all together, all yep. of a sudden they come out and go, well, actually, sorry, mate we see that you're serious about this other offer. We actually mm. can afford to give you what you wanted. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I just think it's, that's very in the club's favor. Yeah. And then that, um, and like you said, mate, that's, 
where the issue, the players that will have those issues are the ones that aren't the, sort of the top tier ones, right? Mm. Um, that they're, they're sort of like the you know the, the ones that aren't as high on the priority list. That they're just they're just trying to resign and, and move on those quick little contract um, extensions and whatnot. The big dogs, though, I, I think for the 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 bigger names, the higher profile players, I think the negotiations. Uh, as always, like clubs are trying to get the players as cheap as they can. Yeah, for sure. No matter what the player, no mm. matter what player it is, um, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they they could possibly use that a little bit in their favour. The clubs knowing that they've got that they've got that opportunity to come back again. Yep. Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, the the clubs have got to understand too. If they lowball someone, there's a risk that they they will go elsewhere. Mm. So they got to make the decision how, like, they got to place an importance on re-signing a particular player, and make sure that they don't, if they're trying to get them, you know, sort of at a bargain, don't go too low because then the, then they'll be the player will be forced to go look elsewhere if they believe that they can be paid more elsewhere. They'll they'll, they'll go look. Mm. There's no doubt about that. I don't think it's going to play. I don't think it's going to have too much of an effect on the player themselves. You know, this this whole um, last right of negotiation. Um, but you know, I, why have it if, it, I just don't understand why you have it there if you don't have the details of the offer from a rival club. So well, how do you know, how do you, like, how do you know, how do you know what, what you, what you're challenging against? Mm. You know, yeah, like, it, it's, yeah. mate, it's like going, it's like, it's like real estate. When they want expressions of interest, I hate that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, when you mate, own half the golf because coach. you can just make up a you can just make up a figure. Oh yeah, we've got offers of this much. Like what? How do I know that? Yeah, yeah. Don't g up, oh, mate. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I think. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I got stung recently in my rental uh, negotiation. <laughs> Apparently, they were going to sell the house and they needed fifty bucks more to not sell the house. Fifty <laughs> months, and I was like. Hey, listen, bruh, I've got a pregnant yeah. wife that I'm trying to keep happy here. Stung ya. Oh, stung man. Ya. Anyway, um, yeah, with the – look, the thing that I don't like about the 10-day rule is that it's supposed to be a fair negotiation between player and club. That is creating a rule that is in favour of the club. Um, yeah. And I just – yeah, I don't know if I like that. And I will say – and I'd love to hear your thoughts, Smithy, because you were with, the, obviously, uh, a key member of the RLPA before you retired. Mm. What – as a fan, purely as a fan and, and not a big player, was never a top-tier player, I can't believe we don't have a trade window, but I know that the RLPA had some misgivings with trade windows. Yeah, the, the whole point around that um, was around like timing for players and you know, giving them sufficient time. You know, it, let's just say they are traded um, from North Queensland to um, Canberra or West Tigers to the Warriors. Mm. I, I think... The issue around that the RLPA, RLPA had was, you know, okay, so if you get traded, you've got, what, a week to uproot everything, um, you know, move house, find find a new accommodation, whether that be rental or break your rental where you currently are. If you're renting, um, if you own your own home, you got to find someone to move into it and, and pay rent. you got to move your kids from school. Um, you know, your partner may have a job somewhere more than likely will have some sort of employment somewhere that they need to then change and then uproot and then find a new job. I think that's why they are anti trade windows. Mm. How does the AFL deal with that? Do they hire people specifically to help 
the the traded players, or it's more ingrained in their culture, so they're just used to it. Yeah, well, mate, I, I can't comment on that because I'm, I I don't particularly know okay. the ins and outs of how that works. But mm. you'd like to think that within the game and within clubs, there are people that hold positions that that purely work on that that trade stuff, mm. where they you know they. Um, have resources and, and things to help out with those players that are moving mid-season. Mm. Um, but, you know, that that's just something that's really hasn't been in our game yeah. at all. So it would be, it would be a shock to the system, you know, to our game and to our fans and, and particularly the players if, if we brought that in. Yeah. But I guess, you know, over a period of time, once it's in for, you know, several years, I think that just becomes part of our game. I th- and and I think and I think if you look at the if you look at the um, you know the modern player, I, I think there's probably never been a group of players that that are more adaptable than they are now. Mm. I think just given what they've been through the last couple of years with all the COVID stuff and you know having to do different things as far as travel and and hotels and and training and all that sort of stuff, they've just got on got on with business and done it. I think so, yeah. so. Maybe, maybe if there's, maybe if there's a time to bring it in, it, it might be now. I don't know. Well, I think as well with the salary cap increasing, you know, you no longer have professional first graders on forty grand a year. No, that's right. And so, I think the idea, like so people say, oh, the NFL has it, or they have it. It's probably because they get paid so much money <laughs> that it becomes super easy to get these things done. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas that's right. maybe we're getting closer to. Uh, I guess a game where the players, the lower tier players, are getting paid enough. Where you go, okay, the minimum for a top thirty guy is one hundred and fifty grand a year. Let's just say a random number. I think it's one hundred and thirty or forty, or whatever. Mm. That that's a professional wage. Like if you're getting one hundred and thirty grand a year, you are professional. Yep. Maybe that becomes enough to, I guess, let people be traded or at the end of the year. Um, I think also as well from a fan's perspective, you know heading into that trade period, you would have a kind of an idea. Well, you should anyway. You should have an idea that there's a chance you may get traded. Um, yeah. I will say when I went to, to the Warriors, and I know this is you know much smaller um, scale, but they were really good at like setting me up with a place to save for the first few weeks. You know, take, you know, they really did help me adjust to the situation. Now, to be clear, I didn't have kids in schools. <laughs> mm. I didn't have a wife or anything like that. So I, that, I know that's the harder bit, hardest bit. It's not the bloke moving. It's, you know, mm. taking care of the family. But if look, selfishly, as a fan, I think long-term we have to have a trade window. Uh, mm. I think it's, a, it's, it's almost inevitable yeah. for two reasons. It gives fans a really clear indication of, like, this is when we're getting trades, all that kind of stuff. But also there's just too much money in it from a content perspective as a game. Um, you look at the AFL, when their trade window's on, like, it's, it's headlines everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Um, but I, I get it from a – if I had, a you know, my child and my wife and forcing them to move states, you know, within a few weeks, that is – that's rough. That's rough. Mm. Especially if I'm on, you know, I'm a lower-tier player. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. But I guess it's all, you know, if if, if the game's going to go down that way, then they need to have things in place before mm. they introduce it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like have some people there looking after those trade periods, to, you know, to, to soften – to soften the move and, and the transitions to different clubs and different areas and all that sort of stuff we've spoken about, if they have that in place, I think it'll make the, the transition of, of bringing that in a lot easier. Yeah. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get to our rising stars, thanks to Bailey Ladders. 
Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time to see which young players are climbing up the Bailey ladder. Worksite trusted for over 60 years. Oh, that's a long time. Long, long time. Wow. Incredible. Mine's still, it's still going strong. Mate, it's only been two or three years. Yeah, that's true. It's, so it's got like 57 to go. 57? That Holy. makes me 97. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, geez. I hope I'm not climbing ladders at 97. <laughs> um, anyway, here we go. First nomination. And this this young man, I'll tell you wow. what, he is well and truly on top of the Bailey's ladder. Siwa Wong from wow. the Roosters. So against the Sharkies, 21 years of age. He had one try, ran for 122 metres, nine tackle breaks, three offloads, and 31 tackles. He is a proper weapon. Seriously. and Proper weapon. His strength in contact, I cannot wait to be – he gets that man strength. You know, they're 23, 24 years old when they start, you know, filling their body out. I am yeah, yeah, cannot wait. Tommy, um, thoughts as a Mad Roosters fan on yep. Siwa Wong? Yeah, he's um, he's really, really promising. Uh, I hate to break it to you. I'm hearing whispers. Oh, get lost. Rabbitos. I'm hearing whispers. Get Rabbitos. lost. What? Get lost. <laughs> no, no, he is he's really I, – I, I thought they were going to name him in the centres this week. Like, just because – I liked him I, in centres. Well, I heard yeah, – I was listening to your, your podcast the other day, Kempi, and Thanks, just because um, – yeah, we'll shout you out. Um, <laughs> just because his defence is really good, and he's just mm. mobile, he's agile, he's fit, he's so strong. Mm. And he's got – he's like, the three offloads there, that's really promising. Nearly set up a try for Manu. He's just – yeah, it, the, all wraps on him for the past two years, and it's just good that he's like nine games in and he's starting in a finals game. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Big battle this weekend with the uh, the Melbourne Storm. Second nomination, Trey Mooney from the Raiders in just his fifth NRL game. The 21-year-old had one try, ran for 90 metres, one line break, made 30 tackles in only half hour of footy. Well done. Like we said, off the top, um, a handful of those young, young guys playing for the Raiders on the weekend, it was... Big occasion for them. Knockout game, of course, playing in front of um, a fairly, you know, loud crowd, I would say, in Newcastle. A very uh, – uh, it would have been an incredible experience for those young guys, but they all played exceptionally well. So, you know, for the few of those younger faces, um, you know, I think there's some good signs for the Raiders moving forward. So well done to Trey Mooney. Last one, though, goes to – Penrith winger Sunia Taruva against the Warriors. 21-year-old, he had two tries, ran for 150 metres and had two line breaks. He is rock solid at the back. Rock solid. Mate, he's still eligible eligible for Rookie of the Year. Is he really? Yes. Yes. And no, he's so good that no one even talks about it. But he's only played three games last year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, maybe because he was part of that side last year for a few games, everyone's thinking, well, maybe he's not. He mm. can't win it. No, absolutely eligible for rookie of the year. And I mean, he's I know. He's played the most part of this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Yep. Because Talon May's been out. He's played pretty much every game, I think. Yeah. He's played 20 plus. Hasn't yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be between him, Buller, and Preston, I'd say. And and to be honest, the fact that he's going, oh, I don't know if it counts towards, you know, because of the finals footy, but the fact that he's in finals footy uh, impacting games, that's got to count for something. Yeah. Wow, um, oh, I just love I just love the work he does, mate. Like, you know, we t- we talk about the back three um, or back five of Penrith, the work he does for them. He's like a he's another front rower, mate. He is seriously impressive, especially when you know you lose a guy like Talon May and you go, oh, they're going to lose a bit because Talon May is so good, mate. They 
they've been fantastic. It's scary to see what Talon May is going to do next year when he comes back in the side. Um, and also, he's been targeted because they're trying to kick the ball away from To'o, and he's delivered the way he's delivered. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, though, Trey Mooney, really, really one to watch. Hyper-aggressive, made the under-19s New South Wales side. I thought he'd probably be a bit uh, have a bit more of a crack this year in regards to getting an opportunity, but on the mm-hmm. weekend, he showed his class. He really showed his class. I'm excited for him as a, uh, as a young forward coming through. Yep. Um, good young players there. Mate, Bailey Ladders are bringing safety and efficiency to the work site for over 60 years. See you on the other side. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Let's uh, let's get into some texts. Uh, got any text there, Smithy? Uh, yeah. Um, I think this might be. Is this from you, Tom? G'day, Goat and Smithy. This will be the greatest win in the Roosters' history this Friday. I did see him on his phone earlier. Was it, is it you? No, it's not from me. <laughs> it will be. It will be though. It will be though. If it happens, it will be. Mate. Oh wow. Oh, um, mate. Now we've got some more text here. Hi, Campy. For us Butlers, expression of interest are only used when the price is in multiple millions. Hey, mate. Ooh. Why are you directing that at me? I didn't even bloody say it. I didn't even own a house. Wow. Wow. Smithy owns half the Gold Coast. Direct no. your. Direct no, no, your... no. I was... No, 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 no. I was having a conversation with Paul <laughs> Paul Vorton the other day. Oh, Vorton, eh, Fatty? Owns half he, the Gold Coast, mate, I reckon. Fat. He does, mate. He, oh. he owns half the Goldie. And he was telling me about how he just hates expressions of interest. Mate. You know? like, hey, mate, just, hey, hey, fellas, hey, settle down. Just because you know a term in real estate doesn't mean you you own a lot of stuff. Jeez, come on. <laughs> and I thought hey, I've... I've, I follow property. Come and, on. And look, to be fair, I was blowing up over $50 a week, so clearly I'm a battler too. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to a deep preview of each finals match. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. The mighty storm versus the little feeble baby roosters. Uh, Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> no, I jest, I jest. The roosters, uh, I think that they've shown. You know, what I loved about the roosters run this last kind of month or even six weeks is that they often get um, conflated because they're a glamour club, they're not gritty. Jeez, they've been gritty this lot. Like, things haven't been going their way, and they've just found a way to get the job done. But this weekend, Xavier Coates, Pappenhausen, and Tonomapea are all out. Olam returns at centre. Remus Smith on the wing. Alec McDonald joins the bench. Roosters team news. Billy Smith, Manu, Suali'i, all out. Momoroski, Corey Allen are the new centres. Jackson Bolo returns on the wing. Momoroski hasn't played since round nine. Bolo hasn't played since round 12. How do you see this one playing out, Smithy? Oh, this is a good game. Cracking game. Old rivals, of course, the Storm and the Roosters. Um, go back to those, you know, sort of pre-grand final 18. You know, they were two of the better teams in the competition through that that little period. Um well, just on paper, I, I I think Melbourne bounce back, and the Roosters they've got a they had a pretty tough task in front of them traveling to Melbourne, injuries of course, but they are on a hot run. Of both sides, you would you would say that that the Roosters are bringing a better form line into this game. Mm-hmm. They've they've picked up six consecutive wins, so you know in this competition that's a that's a hard thing to do, but out of those six wins, this is the toughest of the lot as far as opposition um, is concerned. So now with those players out, I I think – I actually think it makes them a dangerous proposition for Melbourne. Mm, I I really do. You know, given what we spoke about earlier about their their mindset over the last 
six weeks with, with these six wins in a row is it's been sudden. Sudden. They've been in this situation for six weeks now, Kempi. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Melbourne, they only find themselves now this week facing elimination. Mm. Whereas the Roosters, they they've been playing under this these conditions now for over a month. Yeah. So number one, they bring a better form line into into this game, and two, they're they're accustomed to to feeling like, well, this could be our last game. And they've gone and produced every time. The only thing that that will hurt them is the major injuries that they got right now. Mm. And will they be outgunned by a storm outfit? Now they've had a couple of injuries themselves from last weekend. Xavier Coates' ankle; he hasn't got up for this match. Um, we all know about Ryan Pappenhausen as well. Young Tom Mapia has has picked up an injury. So Olam returns. Remus Smith returns, as you mentioned. Um, they need to step up, though, Melbourne. Like last week was poor. Um, I think they'd they'd offer those same sort of feelings about the way they play, particularly the key position players. Their finals, I wasn't aware of this, right? But their finals record over the last couple of years, if you include last week's result, it doesn't look great. They've, they've lost four of their past five finals matches, Kempi. Wow. Wow. So it's not good reading from that point of view. But, you know, I think if there's a team or a coach that can really turn around form from one week to another, it's it's the Melbourne Storm side. Mm. Yeah, look, I, this is uh, this is almost uh, – I almost feel like the Storm are in the worst position possible in regards to they've got all the pressure, they're at home, their form's not great. You could argue the game plan has been laid out on how to beat them and how to take the spine out of the game. Whereas the Roosters, they go in, no pressure. I mean, at the moment, the, the odds are $1.27 for the Storm, three seventy eight for the Roosters. Now, when you look at this team list, I think that three seventy eight is outrageous. James Tedesco mm. versus Meany. Ponga versus Warbrick. Momorowski versus Seve. Allen versus Olam. Smith versus Polo on the wing. That back line, although the, the Roosters are absolutely missing the, the top-tier players, is their back line that much worse than the Storm? I, I don't think it is. And then we know what the forward pack's like. I mm-hmm. think this is a 50-50 game. I really do. So what are you saying? The punters should jump on Roosters? I think. Look, I think there's value gamble, there. Gamble responsibly, of Gamble course. responsibly. But when you look at this roster, I think it's a bit of a myth that they're um, – that they're completely, you know, under strength. Outgunned. Outgunned. Mm. I think it's a mm. myth. Okay, then you go to the, the the back line. Sam Walker, Luke Keary versus Hughes Munster. I mean, we're talking about Keary, three-time premiership winning six. Yep. Sam Walker, we all know how good he is, and we know how good Munster is, Hughes is. Then you go to the forward pack. Kamakamitha versus Baker. Kamakamitha are a little bit more experienced, but I wouldn't say he's way, way better. Mm-hmm. Then Harry Grant versus Brandon Smith, what a battle. I mean, we're talking yep. about Brandon Smith, Dally M Hooker of the Year in 2022 or one. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's Collins versus Welsh. Collins essentially took Welsh's spot in the Queensland yeah. side. He's he's one of the premier front yep. rows in the comp right now, Collins. Wong, no doubt about it. Wong versus Lioro. Now, I'd, I'd put Wong probably ahead. You know what I mean? So when you really yeah. go through it. Well, um, when you go head-to-head like that, Kempi, like, it's a great point. It really is a good point. I think everyone's just looking at the at the sort of in general going, wow, the Roosters under man, they've lost another couple. Um, you know, going down to Melbourne, tough ask. But when you actually break it down position 
by position mm. and make it a man-on-man contest, it's really not that one-sided. Yeah, it, it really isn't. And, and I actually think the Storm will be relying on their years and years built systems that know how to win finals footies to get this job done rather than just outplaying them with the roster they have on the field. Yeah, and, and that's why I say that the, the danger that the Storm faces, like, they're taking on the side that are bringing in form and confidence and belief. Mm. That, like, that You cannot deny that about the Roosters right now, mm. okay, because they've won six in a row, and they've had to do it tough, right? They, every week they've turned up in those six matches, they've, they've gone, if we lose this game, we're gone. Mm. The same, it, it was the same process last week as it was six weeks ago when the regular competition was still running. Yeah, they had to win all of those matches just to be a part of finals, and they've got through it. They've got through it last week, where I think many people watching the game were thinking, "Wow, this is the Sharks. Like the Sharks are going to win this one for sure." But the Chooks again found a way, and you just you cannot. I don't know. It's you'd be foolish to to say this is only going to be one result, and that's the Storm. When you're looking at that footy side that has a team. Boasting Tedesco, Kiri, Smith, Walker, and then you name those those guys that are playing in the middle as well that are playing such good football. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really really good point that you make when you just go man on man matchups like other Storm that much better. Yeah, yep. It's a it's an it's going to be an incredible clash. And as I said, you know a lot of people are saying you know that the Roosters have all these players out. They've got no pressure. Whereas the Storm, and you know, I have to be honest here, I do believe, okay, you look at last year and you go, all right, look, we're expecting the Storm. We're, we're, we're placing yesteryear's expectation on this current Storm side, which is always unfair. But if they go loss-loss again, that'll be two years in a row that Melbourne Storm have gone loss-loss uh, in a final series. And the impact I think that's going to have on the club is is pretty substantial because it really I don't think it's ever has it ever happened have we ever has that ever happened in the history of the storm we had not well early days with Craig Bellamy did yeah um, and then through the, the lean years like right in the in the height of the storm success were the lean years were thirteen yep and twenty fourteen okay um apart from that like the, the storm were playing pretty much nearly every prelim final at least yeah Tempe, at yeah, least okay. the prelim but. It'll knock the confidence. There's no doubt about that. And so the biggest thing for Storm is, I don't even think it's about the opposition they're playing. Sure, they're going to have to do a little bit of homework on a lot of you know a few of their key position players and some of the trick plays that they come up with. But I think the focus for Melbourne this week is how do they get their game going again? Yeah, they scored zero points against the Broncos, Kempi. Yeah, wow. Zero points. The last time they were held to zero in a finals match was 2008. That's a long, long time ago. A long, long time ago. So, you know, it's – I think the focus for Melbourne this week has to be majority – like 90, 90% of their preparation this week has to be, right, what is our game plan and how do we go out and execute that properly? How do we how do we execute it as best we can? Because they were so far off the pace last week, it's not funny. Yeah, Like you said, mate, yes, they had effort – and they were brave and, you know, they, they took a lot of punishment and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to finals, mate, you need more than effort. Yeah. You need to play good football to win the big games. Yeah. And you look at, okay, you, it's easy to point at Munster, Hughes, Grant, and, you know, Meany and go, okay, yep, they definitely didn't play as well as we would hope. 
and and it's that's the obvious video session. We all sit down and we know that. But mm-hmm. if, if I'm Storm or I'm you know the coach of Storm, or whatever, I'm speaking to my forwards and challenging them and saying, boys, do you want to get bullied again? Is that what this Storm is about? Yeah. And he, I reckon Craig will challenge them about playing at home. Yeah. Playing at home in front of their home fans and not dishing up a performance like they did last week. Well, his comment after the game was like, it, it seemed like our team was introduced to each other in the in the dressing sheds <laughs> yeah. before we ran out. Mate, it looks like it. It seriously looks like it. Yeah. So they they won't want that one again. So Yeah. I think as well, like if, if you're, you're looking from a Storm perspective, you know, and this is just outside looking in. I, you know, I don't know the inner sanctum, but I would be challenging them. Say, boys, all the greatness mm-hmm. that came before us and the honour of wearing this Storm jersey, are we really going to roll out at home and deliver what we did last week mm. in this jersey that has, you know, become one of the most prestigious jerseys in the country? Are we really going to do that in this jersey? Yeah. Um, I think they've got to challenge themselves in that regard as well because it was very unstorm-like last week. It was now. Now one of our listeners, they've they've put it all on the line, Kempy. Oh no! G'day, boys. If those roosters full stop win this weekend, I will get a roosters tattoo on my shaminda. Oh no! Mark my words. Oh, the, the reptile, Tommy. Please, words have been marked. Write down the reptile's number, and if the roosters get up, he will be getting a roosters tattoo. Oh my god! Wow! Right on, right on the maybe vase. Maybe Craig could use that as motivation, boys. We don't oh. want him getting a rooster on his shaminda. <laughs> maybe that's the pregame speech. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Save this guy shaminda. Oh, oh my! Anyway, god. well there you go. I love the confidence. Can we please just just um can we just jot that down, please, Tom? You got it? Yep. Thumbs up. Tom, yeah, I've got, got it. it. Easy. Reptile's a big Rabbitohs fan as well. So mm. he's been going the last few weeks saying Roosters are gone. Roosters are gone. They would never beat the Tigers. They won. Would never beat the Rabbitohs. They won. Would never beat the Sharks. They won. Ooh. So who knows? Well, how about how about um I oh, know. Yeah, that's not a punishment if Roosters win. Have you you've have you got a Roosters tattoo, Tom? Yeah, I've got two actually. What? Yeah. So after, don't mean to bring this up, Cam, but after the 2018 grand final. Oh, 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 oh. Nah, that's wow. all right. That's Sorry. all right. Well, so you went back to back, 2018. Well, so 18, 18, me and, my, me and my good mate, I'll shout him out, Jack Coford, um, went to the cross and I've got the Roosters logo actually on my Shaminda, funnily enough. What? Wow. And then in, in 29, And then in 2019, what? all my mates asked us, um, what are you going to do if Roosters go back to back? Are you going to get another tattoo? I said, yeah, sure. So I got B to B. Here. Oh my god! On my um, on my shirt, on the side of where my leg. <laughs> it's on, it's on I the side. I where you're pointing. Then it's on the side of my leg. I'll send you a photo of it, Kim. Oh yeah, B two B, back to back. Okay, here we go. Oh, right. uh, the reptile reptile is texting again. Okay, Kempy, if you think Roosters win, go back to agreeing with Smith and please cancel popcorn. You have been <laughs> drinking your own supply. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. Um, now, Smithy. Yes. Before we head to a break, mm-hmm. what does it mean for either club's season if they are to bounce out this week? Well, I think Storm. That's that's it's not great for them, is it? Really, like they they finished top four. They give themselves a, another crack, which was great. But particularly if they were to finish in that in that way, particularly with back to back losses, I think that you know they'll be pretty. They'll be pretty dirty on himself, and I reckon they would say like that's a that's a bit of a fail, failed season for them, um, given 
you know, where they put themselves in, you know, finishing third on the ladder. And I know it's been a bit of an up and down season for them, but um, I think to go out in that fashion wouldn't be great. For the Roosters, you could probably look at it and go, well, is it is it is it a fail given there were many people saying at the start of the year that they were premiership favourites. When they looked at their lineup, they were premiership favourites, but they just they for the first three quarters of the season, they they didn't look on the same page at all. They they didn't look like themselves, they didn't play like themselves, they looked like they weren't confident, they had no idea of really what they were doing out in the field until the last six weeks. If you just if you just go on the last six weeks, Campy, like they've been very good. Mm. Um, but if they were to bow out week two of finals, given where they were at the halfway mark or th- even the three-quarter mark of the season, I would say they've done a pretty incredible job to get where they are now. The only concern I have with the Roosters is if they are to make it, let's say they make a prelim or if they bow out this week, my concern is is that the con- the problems at the club will be patched over. Um, you know, we have to remember for most of the season, the Sam Walker, Kiri, uh, six and seven didn't seem to be working. Mm. Uh, there has to be a question of, even though Teddy has been really good this last six weeks, can he bounce back next year? I do believe he can, for sure. Then there's a question of Suali'i. Does he get released to, you know, another club or union earlier? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hargreaves, he's got another year. How do we fit Dom Young in? I do think that the... The Roosters still have to answer some questions regardless of how they go. Now, look, if they go and win a comp, it's like, okay, you know, put me hands up, yeah. to- totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. But if they bow out this week, I do still believe that they need to look at the the issues in this roster. And also, mm. I think that we know it's not, uh, almost a normal thing for the Roosters to start the year slow and, and build into the season. I do think that needs to be looked at because they're giving themselves – it's just – not. I wouldn't say too stressful, but – Basically, if you don't make the top four, you're giving yourself essentially no chance of winning the comp. Now, that could yeah. change this year, but that's that's the general gist. Yep. Why were they so bad, though, mate? Oh. I think that's the thing they got to work out and they got to ask themselves. Whenever, whenever it is their season finishes, they, when they do their review, sit down and go, what was going on in the first three quarters of the year? I thought they were overcomplicating things. I thought yeah. that they... they yeah. yeah, mate, what, whatever it was. Like, the last six weeks, they've just... They've looked relaxed. They look confident. Mm. And they have belief in in their game plan, in the, in the way they want to play their style of footy. That's that's what they need to sit down and go, hey fellas, like, what what was it that made it so hard for us to go out and play football, mm. and for all of us to look confused and not even really, you know, on the same page or have an idea of what we're out there trying to achieve mm. compared to the last six weeks. Yeah. That's what they got to sort out. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. We're going to head to a break. After the break, we're getting to your text. Got a thousand texts to get to. Then we're doing a deep dive. Warriors v. The Knights. What a game. The Waz. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Time to get some texts here, Smithy. We got a, a text here. Hey, uh, Goat Winger and Goat Hooker. Uh, well, can't take your text seriously now, mate. Can't take your text seriously. No. I uh, love the show. Tune in every week. I'm a solid supporter of the Broncos. Have been all my life. And exciting to see how far they've come and potentially... Uh, go against the Panthers in the grand final. What are the chances of Broncos beating Panthers? Reynolds versus Cleary. Can they get it done? Cheers, Justin. Well, Justin, well, off off their performance last week against Storm, like I think it suggests that they can. Although it's a very, very different beast you're taking on. Ooh, yeah. You know, com- compared to Melbourne Storm, to the Panthers. And and I'll tell you what that matchup, the matchup is exciting because they play two very different styles of footy. 
Broncos are just – they play a power game. Um, yeah, although the Panthers are aggressive through the middle and their back five return the ball well, but they just they just try and beat you up, tackle you hard, just try and smash you into submission. And then the, and the, you know, the key position players, the class players, they go and do their thing. And they've got some exciting you know, young guys as well. Reese Walsh, you know, talking about him, Ezra Mam, you know, Selwyn Cobbo, Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, you know, those guys, they're great finishers of, of the footy. Whereas you look at Penrith on the other hand, you know, they they control the game so beautifully. So it's gonna be if those two make the grand final and week one suggests that they will be there, it'll be interesting to see that as a grand final as to what game holds up, Kempi. Well, just to further your point, you you basically just said um you know, what I was thinking, if you wanted to look at the difference in the sides, it's actually, look at the fullbacks, Edwards, Walsh, look at the sixes, Cogger, Mam. Now, obviously, the blue eyes playing, you know, that's different. Uh, Reynolds and Cleary, are they're relatively similar. You know, I know they've got a little bit of difference, but they're relatively similar. But I think the key difference is, is Walsh and Edwards, where Walsh will throw that 20-meter cutout ball and risk making an error. Yep. Edwards will take two extra hit-ups instead of, doing that yes. and I think that's the real key difference between the two sides is if if Walsh, Walsh can land his big plays then the Broncos can win but if Walsh stuffs them up the pressure that Edwards builds will let the Panthers win um, so yeah mate it'll be such a clash if they do manage to get to both of the grand final um, can you imagine I love it, it. could you imagine if it. the Panthers didn't though like I mean it's almost oh. like we're, we're almost saying for sure like Panthers are in the GF Yep. But, like, they might run up against a Storm, a Roosters. Like, you, yep. the Storm or Roosters can beat the Panthers. That is, that is most definitely the hardest hardest side of the draw now. For sure. So, Roosters, Melbourne, Penrith. It's a, it's essentially, what, going back from 2022 all the way back to 2000. And you've got to go all the way back to 16 to have a different Premier. Yeah. And they're there all playing. Campy. There's a stat for everyone. Yeah, there we go. Smitty it's, a, stats it, it's only ever been Penrith, Storm, or Roosters in those years, all the way back to the last one before that, Cronulla, 16. And that's what made the win from the Broncos week one so important because, look, there's no easy, easy finals games, but you can play teams with less finals experience. So by the Broncos winning, they landed on the side with less finals experience. The yeah. other side has literally three the three teams with all the finals experience. Yep. Um, Incredible. So, it, yeah, cannot wait. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we've got a deep dive, Warriors v. The Knights. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Warriors v. The Knights, Saturday, 405 Go Media Stadium in Auckland. Sean Johnson returns reportedly at the moment. It's looking like he'll play, but he has yet to do a full training session. I think that's going to happen day before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Warriors have just updated us and said that basically he, he's done his own training at the moment. Everything's looking good, but he'll do his first training session with everyone later in the week. Yep. Dylan Walker moves to the bench. Freddie Lussick goes to 18th man. Knights team news. Hastings, Fitzgibbon out. Kloon starts at halfback. Dylan Lucas starts at second row. Key stats. Warriors will play their first final home game since 2008. Knights will be playing for a club record equaling 11 consecutive wins. Knights have just have won... Just eight of 22 matches at Go Media Stadium. How do you see this one playing out, Smithy? This is an, a very, very interesting game. Given you know, the results across the weekend, Knights, Knights 10 in a row. Yeah, wow. 10 in a row. Is that the best run of any team 
this entire season. I think it is. Yeah. It has to be yep. 10. So, you know, for them to do that, it's it's pretty incredible. Given where they were in the in the halfway point of the year, they were nearly running last, the, the Knights, but now find themselves in week two of the finals. And the Warriors, well, I've been on the bandwagon for quite some time. I think very early in the season. I watched them live in the, the Anzac Day game against Melbourne. Now, they got beat that night, but I was really impressed with what I've seen. Um, the style of footy that they played, they play. They they're not they're not afraid to be quite expansive, which is probably you know traditionally what we expect from a Warriors footy side. But they got great skill from 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 their front rowers all the way through to the fullback, um, and you know Sean Johnson has just been on fire in the the back half. Well, the middle from the middle parts all the way to the end of the season, he's been playing great footy. The only thing about him is that ever since they had that buy, Kempi which was about, what, a month before the end of the season. They just – they seem like they've struggled to hit the heights that they were that they were hitting before that. Mm. Now, I know they've had like a couple of sort of, you know, one-off performances, particularly by some individuals like DWZ where he comes up with some, you know, miraculous plays and Shawnee Johnson comes up with some freakish kicks or, you know, plays himself. As a team, I don't think they've been playing all that well. So – Coming off last week where, you know, they were completely outplayed and they were controlled by the Warriors, less Sean Johnson, of course. You know, we need to acknowledge that. Like, they've got a week to find their best footy again mm. because they're coming up against a side a lot like the Roosters, very similar situation to the Roosters where they bring they bring form and they bring confidence. And they bring in one of the guys who are, talking about form, one of the form players of the comp right now, Kalen Ponga. Mm-hmm who, again, was outstanding. Like, you take him out of that footy side on the weekend and Newcastle get beaten. So, um, interesting one for me. If if they're both, if they both play their strongest game, <laughs> you know, who who's the better side? Is it Warriors, particularly playing at home in front of what's going to be a pretty intimidating home crowd? Um, or is it Knights? I, I, I feel personally, I think... I think the Warriors, if they play their best game, I think the Warriors in a really tight one. You only have to look to last week with the Knights, how sometimes a packed-out home stadium can almost go against you. If anything, it looked like it rattled the Knights a bit to begin with, yeah. and it was the Raiders yeah, that point. took energy, energy from it. So I do believe the Warriors have to find that really good balance between making it about more than rugby league. You've got a country on your back. They've gotten behind you. It's your time mm. to repay them. But mm. you don't want them running out there nervous and in awe of the situation and, and almost worried about the consequences of if they lose, you know, losing in front of a home crowd that have gotten behind them all season long. Yeah. It, it's really going to be Webster's biggest test. I know he's only a rookie coach, but, geez, that's a test to be able to get that yeah. balance. It's um, it's a good point you make, Kempi, because – you know, I think, you know, when we're looking at the, the games and the matchups and all that sort of stuff, you look at the two footy sides and the skill and, you know, game plans and all that sort of stuff, you can break that down. But I think the one thing you got to take into consideration too is that expectation mm. that the Warriors are going to have on them. And it's not just from, it's not just from, you know, the people at the ground. It's an entire country. I know. It's an entire country. Like, don't, not, it's not just Auckland where they're based. It is an entire country. Mm. Like I'm hearing over there at the moment, like it's it's like they, they're calling it a movement. Yeah, wow. It's like the Warriors movement. 
and that there's more like there's a rugby world cup going on at the moment right that we hardly know about because of our NRL finals on at the moment but they reckon there's more interest in the warriors finals campaign than than the all blacks right now wow so that's saying something that's incredible because when you think about new zealand sport like the first thing you think about is the all blacks right yeah yep. but 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 they're saying that there's there is that much interest in the warriors it's it's just incredible so you know for the for the Warriors players, they need to find the positive rather than the negative. Like, there's absolutely no negative in that. Mm. There really isn't. Yeah. I get it. The whole country's, you know, behind you. They, they want you to win, but you got to take it as, hey, like they're with us. Mm. They believe. They've enjoys. They've enjoyed, and they they believe in in what we're doing and what we have done all season. We need to just go out and do that now for this eighty minutes, and don't worry about next week. Mm. Don't worry, like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about who we potentially could be facing, or or what happens if we play in a prelim. Don't worry about that. Just focus on this game, and how do we use how do we use the momentum and the support that we've got in this country right now to get us home. And you look at the you look at the the, the, the I guess the matchups. It's obviously easier said than done, but you have to find a way to take Kalen Ponga out of the game for New Zealand. If you can find a way to just rattle him early, rattle his cage early, and you know a big hit there, you know you'd almost go as far as saying, "Look, first good ball they get in our end, wingers, I want you jamming, like just target him and just come flying in and let our guys from the inside." fill in behind that space that gets opened up by the winger jamming in. Because if you can nullify Kalen Ponga, you, you basically nullify their attack. Yeah. Yep, you almost um, – you're taking away the, the the point scoring and the creativity in their back line, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely. What, that's, that's essentially what you are doing. Um, particularly now with, like, Jackson Hastings out. Mm. So he, he took a knock to that ankle that was already injured. Um, so him not being there, I think a lot more, well, more um, pressure gets heaped on Caelan Ponga's shoulders, you know, to, to be able to run that that attack efficiently. So this is, yeah, this is <laughs> interesting game given given the form that the Knights are bringing in. But you can't forget the football that the Warriors have played this year, particularly when they're at home. I think as well from a Warriors perspective. I would be putting a lot of pressure on Marju and Young mm. to either catch the ball repeatedly, high balls just constantly to them. But also, yep. when we get into good ball, let's make these guys make a mis- – not a mistake, sorry. Let's make these guys make a decision yeah. because they have got a history. And so do the Warriors' back line. You know, the Warriors' edges also can be quite brittle. But Young and Marju, they've improved out of sight. They've been so good this year. But sometimes they can – have a tendency to make the wrong call when it comes to making the decisions of a, of a winger. Yeah. And, and looking at like, they haven't played each other for quite some time, mm. these teams. Mm. So they, play, they played each other round one over in New Zealand. And then again in round six. So they, they were, they were done and dusted by the first quarter of the season. Yeah. Um, and a lot has changed, particularly with Newcastle. Um, yeah, the Warriors have been fairly consistent through throughout the entire season, but particularly for Newcastle, they're a much different side to what they were, um, you know, early days. And it's one all. Mm. 
it's won all this year so far. So Warriors got got the win in round one, and then um, Newcastle returned serve in round six, and they won by ten points when they were playing at Newcastle. So this is this is a great. I, I think this is going to be an unbelievable game. Um, yeah. Early start as well Saturday um, in Australia, um, four o'clock kickoff. So make sure you've got that in your alarm in your calendar so you don't miss it four o'clock um australian time so yeah i'm i'm, I'm loving it I'll, I'll tell you who could really make a difference and he's i'm probably being a little bit sort of biased here but one of my former teammates Torhu harris mm. yeah i thought in a losing team he was he was pretty classy last week yeah um up against a very good defensive side as we know in penrith i, I think he he provided you know, something a little bit different for Penrith to look at. Um, you know, he sort of give his, his teammates a couple of little opportunities sort of one-on-one and sort of allowed them to poke their nose through and try to build a bit of momentum. I think he – Newcastle will have to be on their game in the middle to be able to minimise the impact that Torhu Harris has because he's a, he's a, well, he's a big body himself, so, he, so he's good with carrying the football, but he's very clever with his passing and his link play with his middlemen. Yeah, and when you've got guys as big as Daniel Saifidi and Jacob Saifidi, there can be a tight tendency laterally to have some mm. space around them. And if you're Tohu Harris and Adam Blake, you'd be hoping to kind of, I guess, take advantage of the space around the big boys. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely, mate. I think that's where they'll target. They they went there almost exclusively against Penrith last week. Yeah. They were just smashing him behind the ruck. So maybe that was a bit of a thing too for them, just getting themselves geared up for this finals campaign where – whether they won or lost last week, they always knew they were having another crack. So maybe look for a fair bit of their footy to be played through the middle again. Another guy I think that they've got to really spot up every time he takes a skewt is Dane Gagai. I know he had, mm. you know, the first half from hell. Uh, but the second <laughs> half, you, you know, he's oh, a... Butterfingers. Oh, mate, what's doing? Gags, what's doing, brother? Um but, you know, earlier we spoke about the Sharkies and like not having these top-tier players. And I think Dan Gagai is a really good example of that because he's not necessarily playing Origin anymore, but he is a top-tier player that knows what it takes to take that next step in the big games. Yeah. And we saw that when the game was on the line. As I said, I know he had a poor first half. But in the second half, when the game was on the line and they needed someone to make some big plays, that's who stood up, Dan Gagai. Yeah. And they just, again, mate, that's... We go back to what we were talking about the Sharkies earlier. Like it's important to have those older heads in the side that have been a part of those big matches, and they just know certain situations. They know how to steady the ship. They know what's what needs needs to be done. And like you said, like he had a, you know, he didn't have the greatest first half, but he was able to turn around. He was able to get his thoughts together and go right. What's what what do I need to do? What do I need to go out there and do well to help my team progress through this game? Mm. And he got it done. So. Yeah, mate. Like I said, this is this is a great matchup. I I love this game. I'm so looking forward to watching this pan out. Um, and you know, I've just I've got the Warriors ahead, given Johnson's back and they're playing at home. Now we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get to your texts. Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. Time to get to some texts. Shaggers. Uh, it's I'll the even, reptile. He's back. Oh, he's back. I'll even let Tommy pick the design. The reptile. He's doubled down. Wow. He, he must be super confident that Storm are going to get up. Wow. The Shaminga, eh? You're just ready to give it away. <laughs> Holy heckers, mate. I mean, look, hey, I oh, love the confidence. Um, how big would you make How big would you make it, Tom? 
Oh, I'd make it massive, yeah. Goal cross both cheeks. (laughs) 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 Um, Here's another text from Miles. 11 in a row, baby. Look for Bradman Best to go beast mode this weekend. Ponga to kick five from five in a close battle against my second favourite team, the Warriors. Oh, Miles. Wow. Mate, actually. You you, you win-win. Yeah. Well, you're not. You're actually not. You win-lose. But you kind of win a little bit if, you know, you're like, oh, well, I like them anyway, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, your first team gets up. If not, your second team gets up. Actually, I wanted, I wanted to ask you, Smithy, did you see yeah. the Up the Pars drama in the early up in the Up the Pars. Mate. Was this, was this, was this the Penrith, was, was it Penrith Panthers, some sort of um, social media platform posted it? Is that yeah. right? So basically, oh, Jerome Lawai wrote Up the Pars in his story. Then the yes. Panthers wrote Up the Pars, I think, in the score result. Oh. Mate. And then they apologized for it. Look, I've got to be honest. This is banter. This is great stuff. What are we doing apologizing for this? Come on. Nah. What are the – so can we give, like, all the clubs, like, a R's? Mate. Some sort of, like, nick, is it a nick, What is it, a nickname? What is up it? Up the Mars. The Mars. Up, up the Bras. The, the Bars. The Bars. Up the Bars. The but Bras. I, d- I don't know. Like, like for example. The, what's the storm? The Stars? Up the Stars. That's all right. You can you can't see the stars through the storm though. That's the unfortunate thing. <laughs> oh, touche. <laughs> um, but it, like, what I don't get, like, no, it's why a bit of a bit of joke. It's bit a of bit of banter, and they apologise for it. But like, when you go back, every team, nearly every team that beat the uh, the Bulldogs wrote, "Let's trot." Yeah. Um, taken off, taken off the fox. Yeah. So like, bit of banter. That's what makes our game great. It it, it engages the fans. I think that it's a bit silly that we're apologising for stuff like that. Come on now, this is rugby yeah. league we're talking about here. I tell you, all this, all that banter, mate. It happens between the social media like people from yeah. the clubs. Yeah, they yeah. love it. It's it's the best. I love it. I think it oh. makes it more engaged. And and then like the next like the thing is is the next time they play, I guarantee that fans are more engaged because now they're you know oh stuff the Panthers being smart, Alex. You know yeah. it's taking our thing. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm not sure whether anyone will be filthy about up the stars, but I'll uh, <laughs> see how we go. I'll tell you what, if the Roosters Twitter person <laughs> tweets tweets something, if they beat Storm, I'll be filthy. <laughs> I'll be asking for an apology. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> mate. Well, you know what? The Roosters would be up the rah-rahs because they're basically oh. union players. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Angus Crichton. Yeah, pretty much. Half their team's Sul- going Sul- to union. They, re- they reckon Wong will be in the Australian jersey by 2025. <laughs> I mean, Crichton's as good as gone. Suwaliti's already gone. Mate, thanks for developing. Tom? Hey, Tom, got anything to say, Tom? No comment. Oh, <laughs> no, he's rattled. He's rattled. Mate, um, careful. Can be careful. The captain's run will have to apologise. Oh, so. sorry. Sorry, Roosters fans. It's, we're joking. <laughs> we're joking, guys. Now, we're going to uh, head to a break. After the break, we're going to wrap up the show and give our final tips for week two of the finals. Welcome back to the captain's run with Cameron Smith. Time now for our finals tips for the weekend. Storm v. the Roosters. Who are you going, Smithy? Oh, I'm going to go Storm. Okay. I'm going to go Storm. I was very confident coming in today, and then you did those matchups with <laughs> individuals. I'm like, what? <laughs> now I'm a little bit sweaty. <laughs> nah, I'm all right. I'm good. Storm at home, mate. Storm to progress. Okay, Storm. Okay, I'm going, I'm going Storm. I'm going Storm. I just don't think that they're going to play bad two games in a row. Yep. Um, especially with so much on the line. Warriors v. the Knights. I've got Warriors going through. Possibly extra time like the Knights' previous game. Look, I'm going to go Warriors, but I'm extremely nervous because for about six, maybe longer, eight weeks, the Knights have played substantially better 
than mm-hmm. the Warriors. But I'm going to go Warriors with the home advantage. Okay. Now, uh, last week for the specials, Cam had Roosters with a Ponga try. Missed out. I had Knights 13 plus in a Marju try. What's your special this week? Uh, special this week, Warriors win with Sean Johnson, four goals. Four goals. I'm going Storm win, Hughes a try, and Smith a try, Remus Smith. Oh, wow. There we go. There awesome. we go. Oh, well, we'll see if they come through. All righty. We are Enjoy done and dusted. Finals. Done and dusted. We will see you next week.